Christianity's top questions with Alexi Torres and Rachel Hicks, two really good friends of mine. I so appreciate that you guys are here. Um, our another another question we have is: Does the Bible condone slavery? Whoa! Yeah, and this this is such a sticky one because um, th- there's this is man this, this is a topic that turns off so many people, um, and people are so quick to jump the gun because does the Bible I think two different questions here. Does the Bible mention slavery? Mm-hmm. And is, is slavery in the Bible versus does Bible does the Bible condone it? Mm-hmm. And that's two different things. Um, and I think we're so appalled when we see slavery in the Old Testament and the condoning of slavery in the Old Testament because we automatically assume that it's the same kind of slavery mm. that we've been taught in history books that happens here. in the South. Um, the, the slavery that happened in the South, wrong. I mean, on on epic proportions. Explicate or uh, explicate that a little more. What do you mean by in the South? Let's because uh, we're speaking to who knows who. Yeah. So let's get specific. The slavery of the Atlantic Atlantic slave trade, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, was it like eleven million uh, slaves were brought to the South? Uh, that was wrong, horrendous, abominable. Um, people were made to the image of God. They said that there was that that the that the slaves that the African slaves were three fifths human. It's, you know, like they were the the, the degrading uh, of of what they did to people there. That is that is horrendously wrong. The Bible speaks that we're made to the image of God, that we have dignity and value. So that's wrong. So so then it's like so if that's wrong, why was there allowed to be slavery in the Old Testament? Right? Like we see all these laws even surrounding even Old, Old Testament slavery and all this, um, and the, the 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 slavery in the Old Testament was much much different. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just tremendously different. Uh, th- there were more of indentured servants when yes. when when we had uh, today we have like bankruptcy laws. If I have too big of a debt, mm-hmm. I can just kind of turn it over to the government or, or however that works. I've never had bankruptcy, you know. <laughs> but we have bankruptcy laws. Back then, they did not have bankruptcy laws. So if you couldn't pay off your debt, you would kind of sell your, your yourself into uh, that person's like sell yourself to that person, and you'd work off your debt. You would work off. Is it like debt. six or seven years or something like that? Was it? It, it could have. It, it would have been a max of, a max. of, of seven six, years. Six years and then a seventh, you go free, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you and, free, and you'd yeah, still right. have like rights yeah. and and food and safety and. If you beat that slave, you got stoned. Mm. Like 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 slave owners would literally die. Like if you treated that with if you treated them with contempt, if you treated them wrong, you would die. But the slave, but the, but the slave owners in quotations, the people who who. Who, who had these people? They had to feed them, they had to treat them right. They had to clothe them. They had to they had to treat them. They, they, they were basically their employees. They mm-hmm. weren't really they weren't really slaves. They were just servants. A long time commitment to yeah yeah yeah. In Colossians four, it says, "Masters, treat your bond servants justly and fairly, knowing that also you also have a master in heaven." Yeah. So even in the New Testament, there was they spoke to how they needed to treat. Yeah. And then so so the slavery in the New Testament, so that has to do with like a lot with like uh, the Romans and they had slaves. But ro- again, Roman slavery, though that though that slavery was different and that slavery was wrong, it was still different. A lot of times they were just uh, war captives. It wasn't like based on on 
on uh, on on race or anything like that. A lot of times they were just uh, prisoners of wars or just criminals of, of, of criminals and stuff like that. Criminals who who got who were sent to slavery to, to do work. But even those who, who were there, uh, the Bible commanded them to treat them with respect. Um, and then the question is, it, it never condoned that, but it just had like um, the the biblical principles basically took the air away so that kind of lifestyle could no longer exist. That's why you see like uh, wherever the gospel would come in, slavery would cease to exist through history. And yeah, and what about like child labor, uh, human trafficking, sex slaves, and and all of that? There's still all these different forms of slavery. Yeah, you know, horrible. Yeah. I mean, this is. It's, I mean, I I I think um, where is it in? Is it Matthew six or seven? Where where Jesus says, um, "Children of the Lord," um, and it's like. There's a person who's made to the image of God, and people just want to desecrate that image. People want to oh, degrade wow. these mm. these children. People just want to hurt them, um, and 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 they will they will have their punishment. Like it's, it's not mm. it's not like God is like overlooking. It's like no no these people will pay uh, for what they've done. About Jesus um, in Scripture says, uh, "Vengeance is mine." Yeah. Um, there, there is no sin that will be overlooked by the justice of God. Every sin will be paid for. Yeah, and that's when the definition of justice between our definition in the flesh here on earth and God's definition of justice are aren't going to line up all of the time, yeah. right? Um cuz I'm I'm glad you spoke to that because I was just reading in Exodus 2:23 um during those many days the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. So that's the ESV version. Um, but then it stops there, and it moves on to this section about the burning bush. And I was thinking, well, why did it stop there? Like, God knew, period. <laughs> like, um that, and, and so I appreciate you you commenting on you know he's not just going to overlook that yeah and I think there's there's this like uh, sense where where God is absent mm-hmm. uh, where maybe God hasn't answered yet mm-hmm. oh but 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 people will get their just due um, the uh, I think it was R.C. Sproul who said uh, the kingdom of God is not Mister Rogers' neighborhood. Uh. Right, right. Where it's just like, like they will get their just due. Every man will have to pay, and he will answer. He will have to answer to God for what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I know Rachel's been itching to probably read something. Throw it out there. Oh no, the the only two things I was going to say. Um, one is just in Galatians three twenty eight. It proclaims there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. And um, just the way that God doesn't define us in those terms like we have done and put us into labels or categories or, you know, we're all free. But I was going to say even Paul um, and Philemon in the Bible, that whole book, yeah, yeah, is written to a slave master about a slave. Paronismus, yeah. 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 So. And how he's supposed to treat him. And, and then I think, too, that it's important to understand why, why did God um, 
the Bible says that the law was a shadow uh, of the things to come. Then it's like, why did God allow uh, like this this type of uh, basically bankruptcy, right? This, this slavery type bankruptcy in the Old Testament. Um, and it was actually to foreshadow how we would be bond servants of Christ. Um, in the Old Testament, um, the, the slave owners oftentimes they would treat their 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 slaves so well that the slaves would actually want to become willful servants. So they would actually mark themselves. Uh, they had like a mark on their ear, which signified that they were a willful servant, and they'd forever give themselves away. In the New Testament, we're called slaves of righteousness. We're we're willful bond servants of Christ. We willfully submit because we've seen how good He is, and He marks us and stamps us with the Holy Spirit. So the slaves of the Old Testament actually end up becoming uh, a foreshadow of what was to come in the new covenant where we would willfully submit ourselves to Christ. Um, let's keep moving on because obviously these are really difficult questions. They're very real and people ask them and people feel them. And there's books out there. There's biographies to read. There's all kinds of resources. Um, anyone listening, you can pick up a Bible as well and, and study scripture more thoroughly as well. This is just kind of a relatively brief Q&A on some really complicated topics, at least for either um, our minds to, you know, grab a hold of or our hearts. Welcome back. We took a quick break. And so our next question on this series, the Q&A, questions and answers, um, Christianity's top questions with Alexi Torres and Rachel Hicks is our guest. Um, what does the Bible say about pornography? I think um, I think a, a deeper question is, what does the Bible say about humans? Mm. Like, he went there. <laughs> yeah, I, I went there yeah. to the heart level. Yeah, we ruin everything. <laughs> yeah, like we 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 can't have our hand on anything. We we just ruin it. Every every everything that's been placed on earth, right, is 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 for us to enjoy, so we could glorify God through it. But but we just ruin everything. Um, food, right? We become gluttons. Uh, alcohol, we become drunks. Uh, 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 I I don't know, like nature. We just chop up nature. We we chop it down, and, and we just abuse of it. Uh, 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 we we abuse of just everything. We we everything we we have just becomes an idol. Um, and I think the same thing happens when it comes to sex. Uh, uh, we be, we make sex into our god. It controls everything that we do. You know, especially in our culture, we live in such a sexualized culture. Everything is sex, 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 and it's just like. It, 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 there's just this distortion. Uh, sex, uh, uh, as God intended it to be, is is neither uh, gross uh, nor 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 something should, to make jokes about. Yes, nor should it be our God. Like sex mm-hmm. is something that's a good gift from God, but it's, it has a holy context. Uh, it's meant to be enjoyed between a man and a woman in a covenant relationship. And anytime we abuse of the gifts of God, we're telling God. I know how your gifts are supposed to work. I know more than you. I know better how this gift's supposed to work. And it's actually rebellion towards God. 
And one of the one of the, one of the main reasons uh, to sex actually is supposed to uh, uh, it's supposed to reveal the relationship between Christ and His church. Uh, 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 we we see that that Jesus right in in, in the Old Testament right he's, he's kind of not, I'm not saying dormant but he's not fully revealed. Uh, and we see him fully reveal himself Yahweh the God of the Old Testament Jehovah fully reveals himself through the person of Jesus Christ. He exposes himself. He reveals himself through through the incarnation. We see that the church, right, is supposed to come to Christ and it's supposed to become one. And in marriage, uh, a, a man and woman expose themselves, right? They come together and they become one. And, and so there's this beautiful, like, picture of Christ and the church through through marriage. Um, and, and we see that picture. Uh, but when we start distorting uh, uh, the gifts of God, like sex, we start distorting God's intended plan of how he's supposed to like relate to us, how he's supposed to reveal himself to us and, and things like that. And it just, uh, man, we ruin everything. We, and then so with, with pornography, there's, there's women who sometimes are, are poor or women who, who maybe can't don't, don't have money and, and they'll, 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 they'll show themselves in these pornographic videos. And then you just have people just like paying to get this. And they're just like degrading these women uh, they, you start to like treat people like objects. You start to, to see women as as something to be used instead of people to be loved, um, and it just distorts your 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 way that you view people. And so in our society, it's why we saw, it's all like look, you look at the like videos, uh, music videos. You see women mm-hmm. shaking their their rear ends. All all the all the TV shows are about sex. All the jokes are about sex. It like runs our society. It's become the god of this age, sex. Um, instead of it being a good gift from God to be enjoyed in marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. What else do you have to say, uh, Rachel? What um, I completely agree with Alexi, and, and I agree that it just lust has taken over so many people in their mind and things. And um, the one encouragement, there's so much scripture that just talks about sexual immorality and just how devastating that is to us. Yeah. And, yeah. um, the one hope that is in that though is um in first Corinthians six, um, nine through I don't know, it goes kinda all the way through twenty. Um, Paul's just listing off all these different things and, and how bad sexual uh sins can be. But then he says, And such were some of you. Yes. But you were washed, you were sanctified, mm-hmm. you were Amen. justified yes. in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So just that little bit, uh, there's that hope and that encouragement that even if you are lost in pornography or sexual mm-hmm. sin, that um, you're not too far lost for God to reach you. And there, that sin is not too too much for God. He's still willing to forgive and to heal you from that. And um, it may be hard. It may be difficult. But um, there, there is hope and there is truth in, in just looking to him for mm-hmm. healing. Yeah. That's so good. I appreciate that, adding that, because that's the reality for many of us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we want this to be a Christ-centered conversation. We don't want it to just be talk about theology or talk about Christianese or whatever. Let's make it centered on Christ. And you're right that yeah. that we are redeemed by his blood. Yeah. Thank God. And um, what, and, and I'm reflecting on this, you know, pornography in our culture and and the words that keep coming to mind are sex appeal 
um, and that's everywhere. And it's and it's used to sell things. Yeah. Sex appeal either on a show for ratings or I remember things like like a Burger King commercial or like a car commercial. It has nothing to do with a half naked woman or a guy with a shirt off or whatever. But there they are in this commercial. And just I, I can't imagine how grieved and angry God is that, like you said, Alexi, we, we ruin things and yeah, we, yeah. we take something that is holy and sacred, um, a very private thing, and we try to make money from it. And, and, and there are yeah. situations where people have been sold yeah. um, right into sex trafficking and, and those things, too. And there's all kinds of things, something that is coming to mind and and I work a lot with teens is I have to tell them because it seems younger and younger people are becoming sexually active. And so I can be talking to 11 year olds, you know, and, and the reality is, is thank you, Rachel, for speaking to this because there is sexual abuse out there and there's child yeah. sexual abuse and there's child pornography and th there's all of these things. Mm -hmm. We just need to say it. It's, mm -hmm. it, it exists. And so people can feel very dirty or ashamed or it's the norm for them. So wait, why is this wrong when, mm -hmm. you know, this was done to me or, you know, and, and so the point being, we have these mixed views and it's all mixed up on, on what is healthy sexuality. And it's not, oh, we sh it's private. We shouldn't talk about it, but how do we glorify God through it? One thing um, in talking with teens is I have to tell them sex in a relationship at any age shouldn't be an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, we were, we, we talked in um, another podcast, Alexa, you, you had talked about how um, love isn't just an emotion and it's not just um, about dopamine, you know, and feeling good. And um, it's, it's not an antidepressant, but I it's, I see people doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and not from a place of judgment, but just like observing where, where our culture is at. And it's so much more in our face everywhere we go. So just to speak, I don't know, you guys have I, I comments think, on any of that. I, I think it's, it's a, it's two sides of a coin when it comes to men and women. I think men oftentimes want to sleep a lot with women because they get their sense of value from that. Where it's like, if, if I can, the more women I sleep with, the more I validate my manhood, the, the more I, I show that I'm a true man. I'm a true man. Um, but, but then it's like, that's not, that's not what makes a man. It's like the, 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 like that has, that's not, that's not what, what, what God has called us to be. It's not the way God designed marriage. That's not the way you value a woman. That's not the way you, you treat her. Um, it's not the way you define manhood. And I think for women, uh, you, you gals can speak into this, but it's almost like, uh, they want to validate their worth. A, a guy cares for me. A guy desires me. He he wants me. Um, and the way I get a guy to want me is through sex. And so 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 sometimes women will make the wrong decisions. So it's both view. So it's both in like validation. It has to do with like, but it's like our our, our validations in Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he he's the one who's justified us. He's the one who's cast his love on us. Um, there is a sense where we all long to be with somebody and there's nothing wrong with longing to be with somebody because God designed us to be relational. 
uh, but we can't put our worth in another person's acceptance. I think it was Lecrae who said, uh, when you live for people's acceptance, you'll die by their rejection. Uh, so you can't put your, your faith in a person to validate you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't him, I know Jefferson Bethke, the, the author also, and he's done some spoken word, has said something similar too. So between the two of them, I think they've spoken to that point. That I remember, awesome. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, awesome. I, and, and, um, I came across to um, Jefferson Bethke's spoken word before, and that just really spoke to me. And so anyway, just a, a plug in for the two of them. Right. Um, yeah. I had, a, I had a thought or a question and I lost it, yeah. but just yeah, that Jefferson <laughs> Bethke guy, he has such a good book on marriage. Mm. He, he gives such good, like he and his wife, Alyssa, is yeah, it Alyssa, I think? Yeah. they give such great like advice on, on marriage. And, he, and, and they're dating. young. Oh yeah. They're and, awesome. and, and some people might think, you know, who are they to speak into it? They they haven't been married long, but I I think that's also foolish to just potentially just throw it out based on age. What is it? is it? First Timothy four twelve, do not let them look down on you because you are young, right? But set an example. So yeah, so before people throw people out for yeah. that, you know, if you're saying it's good, like I'm glad it spoke to you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, such a good book. Such a good book. Yeah. Anything else, you guys? Because it does say, what does the Bible say about those things? And, oh, 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 here it's coming back. Here it's coming back. Um, I mean, pornography, not not everyone, some people, you know, are maybe just like, you know what? I have desires or, hey, what's this? I'm going to go just go search it, you know, and it's so accessible. You can get subscriptions to this. I mean, it's like I said, you know, it's a market, sadly. Um, but are there, um, I know it's considered in, you know, logic, you know, it's slippery slope is a fallacy, but I don't think it's a fallacy when it comes to sin. Yeah. What are the ways that we slip before maybe we're hitting pornography or wow. going yeah. on a date, you know, and sleeping with someone after or where, or, or looking at, what does that look like? What are the stumbling blocks that happen maybe before then? Yeah. I remember, um, uh, my my good friend Caleb and I feel like I mentioned him a lot tonight, but he he would tell me uh, that Satan would not knock me over to one day uh, to the next. He said he would inch me towards the cliff. Mm. He said he'd walk me towards the edge of wow. the Grand Canyon and he'd push me over. That's what he would do. And I think That's so. Good. Sometimes we're, we're just expecting just great falls, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, as long as I'm not sleeping around as long as i'm not doing this as long as i'm not doing that but but that's never how it starts it always starts in in increments like little i'm gonna walk little 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 until i'm so spiritually weak that any little blows gonna knock me over Mm -hmm. um so it's like how do i confess my sins to the lord right and I'm, i'm just honest with him uh, how, how do I find people in my life who can hold me accountable for my actions, who I can confess this to? Like, when it comes to pornography, if you do not confess it, it's just going to breed. Any mm. any sin that's hidden just breeds. And there's just this fear that if I confess my sin, I'm gonna they're going to alienate me. They're just going to push me to the side. And it does not work that way. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of leaders would not be surprised if you struggle with, with pornography. It, it's a sure, struggle it's with many true. people. Yeah. You need to confess your sin. You have to have people hold you accountable Don't who can walk with you. Yeah. yeah, You need people who can walk with you, who can walk with you hand in hand, who can help you carry this burden into freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you said. And I am such a firm believer on accountability 
and um, just in all areas of your Christian walk, you I mean, we we need those people in our lives to hold us accountable and to speak truth, um, to love us when we feel like we have failed beyond, you know, measure over and over again. Um, you had asked, like, what does the Bible say? Um, and I, I did write down some verses um, that I'll just throw out. First Corinthians six. Um, verse 9, verse 13, verse 18. 2 Timothy 2 has some uh, some um, good verses. 1 Peter 2, Colossians 3, 1 um, Corinthians 10. So the Bible has a lot to say about sexual immorality and, and just um, the damage that sexual sin can do. It actually says that all other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. That's heavy. It is, it's and heavy. so it, it's it's um, it's different. The, yeah, the sexual it's sin a different body. It's different. Yeah, and so yeah, when it takes, when it gets its roots in you, like you need that accountability. You need yeah. to just surrender that to God, and yeah. yeah. And if I'm just gonna go there, if we're, you know, in talking about pornography, you know, there is a physiological response to that. Mm-hmm. If you are trying you know getting pleasure from pornography and to we'll just say unto completion or however you want to say it the reality is is now you are going to create this this crave um for that it, it's going to become an addiction and and that's yeah, something yeah. like you said you know we kind of rationalize or this that or the other and it's a it's a slippery slope no one becomes well i shouldn't say no one I would think that generally people aren't becoming addicted to pornography and it's not an idol in their lives just because of one time. Right. But it, it's, it's going back to that. I mean, it's an addiction to, we can have an addiction to food and to, mm-hmm. to TV shows and to shopping or to, to eating alcohol, drugs, you know, um, it's just very real. You're playing with fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I just, um, some people, some people say that accountability is not in the Bible. This is another one of those rabbit trails, but I just want to read this. The brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch over yourself, lest you to be uh, tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So I think the, the Bible. Where's that from? Oh, sorry. Uh, Galatians. Uh, that was chapter six, verse one through two. Mm-hmm. So it's like it speaks about bearing one another's burdens. Like we're, 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 you're not called to fight your battles alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have this idea where uh, it's like I, I, I'll just I'll deal with this alone. You'll fail mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. Like you you will not get past pornography alone. Like you need people to hold you accountable. You need people to confess your sins. And if you are unable to confess your sins, pray on it. Pray that God would give you the strength to confess to your pastor, to the elders, uh, the struggles that you're going through. Um, and and maybe and maybe by you confessing that, others around you who are struggling might also confess. And you might just have just breakthrough in your church, uh, breaking away from that sin. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. I think uh, the visual you were giving earlier um, that Caleb said, you know, that, that Satan will walk you step by step towards a cliff rather than making it really obvious that he's leading you to death. And I think 
I'm I'm not downplaying how Christ saves us and how God redeems us and that it's it's one small step backwards. But my point is don't underestimate the power of making even one small choice. And and that's a step back away from the edge of the cliff, like to not underestimate that. I think those seemingly quote unquote small choices that we may say, well, what's the point? I've already gone this far, right? But but it's good to do that, and so, which could mean, which could look like different things. Like, let's say if I'm really struggling, you were talking about, you know, maybe women in self-worth or something. And let's say, you know, because I'm um, single, which isn't something to be pitied, it's something to be celebrated and to glorify God in your singleness. But let's say in, in my singleness as a woman, I'm feeling less worthy because, you know, we watched a TV show or a movie and it was all about relationships or the two main characters, you know, fell in love or I'm thinking about what I'm lacking or, or whatever else. There has to be a point where maybe, you know, the next time I have an opportunity as God is working in my heart and speaking worth to me and I'm getting in, in prayer and in, in, in his word that, that, you know, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to play with fire with that right now whether it's like lust or it's about self-worth or whatever the root of the issue is, right? Um, I'm not going to play with that. That's one tiny step of saying, instead, I'm going to choose to go to him or at least pause or refrain or not enter into that activity for the sake of this is a bigger battle going on. Does that make sense? Or it might mean I'm going to ban myself from this website or I'm going to have my friend, you know, we're going to be, have accountability and we're going to talk about this in a, in a week from tomorrow, we're going to meet again and talk about it. That That's one small step away from the cliff. Does that make sense? And not that yeah. we can just, uh, it's not just behavior modification. That's not my point. But what I'm saying is that you can honor God in taking steps by saying, okay, I, I want to choose you, Lord. Does, does that make sense? Or is that? Yeah. But ultimately, you know, Christ, we need Christ to break our chains, too, because because I think that there are many pornography addictions going on. And but I think one of the the main ways God works through sanctification, one of the main ways God breaks change is is through the body, through through his body, through through members of his body, through people who are surrounding us, uh, working with us. Hold us accountable and break that. Man, it's it's so unnecessary. And I can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. And and it seems like we keep going back to that, but I will I'll keep going back to it. It's like accountability, people to hold you accountable, uh, people to help you in your spiritual walk. You cannot do it alone. Do not try to, you will fail. You need people who walk with you. You need people who who are older, who are more mature, who can hold you accountable, who can feed into you, who can pour into you, who can encourage you to walk that walk of holiness. Oh, oh, oh. We've covered some interesting topics today, specifically asking the questions, does the Bible condone slavery? And then we've also talked about what does the Bible say about pornography? And in the conversation, we started to get into talking about porn addictions, the slippery slope of sin, and um, and also just briefly speaking on the, the process of sanctification. And so... Um, like I always say, we don't have all the answers and this is just a brief exploration on these topics, but we, we really hope you've been enriched, 
um, with these conversations together. So stay tuned for more episodes. This is just one part in this Q&A series, and there's going to be so many more interesting topics to come. So thank you for listening. I'm your host, Leisha Cole of Tandem Hope Worship Collective. Check out our website at www.tandemhope.com. God bless you guys.